The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made. And by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. I'd like to invite you to consider a what if. What if your body's natural abilities were fully operational, offering you an incredible capacity for mobility, strength, flexibility, and balance? What if the negative impact of stressors, illnesses, surgeries, injuries, or trauma on your overall well-being could be resolved or at least improved? How would you feel? What would you be able to do that you can't do now? Today's episode will offer a look into a non-invasive therapeutic technique that can help your body to regain its self-correcting and regulating capabilities. This technique is called craniosacral therapy, otherwise known as CST. We'll talk about what CST is and how it's different from physical therapy. We'll also discuss how it can benefit you and what you can expect from a CST session. Joining me live in New York City is longtime physical therapist Tracy Lynn, who dis- discovered cranial sacral therapy as a means to resolve issues that physical therapy could not address. Tracy is passionate about learning more about how the connection between our physical and emotional health and our thoughts are so important to our body's self-healing abilities. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here to teach us about the benefits of craniosacral therapy. Well, thank you for having me, Hemda. So we're really curious to learn more about what craniosacral therapy is and also how it's different to physical therapy. Yes. Well, I'd just like to tell listeners how I came about um, craniosacral therapy, being a physical therapist myself. And I had um, specialized in the spine for the number of years and had found out that a lot of um, patients of mine who suffered, especially from back pain, was um, getting a lot of um, that last few few um, percentage of uh, unresolved back pain. Um, they were functional, um, they had good range of motion, etc., um, strength. But um, there was something about that last 5% that I couldn't figure out. Um, and it typically was in that L5-S1 junction, which is the lower part of the spine where it meets the sacrum. The sacrum is the triangular bone that's between your pelvis. And even with injections, they would go back to the doctors, they would see. Um, I found that it just did not resolve. So I actually 
thought maybe I would try and take a course in craniosacral therapy through the Upledger Institute. And I just found it just, it just opened up a whole new world for me in terms of a clinician and how, what the body is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. When you say that it opened up a whole new world, what were some of the things that you discovered? So what I discovered is that um, as a physical therapy therapist, that I actually, we are always doing things to the body, whether it's joint mobilizations, strengthening, stretching, it's a direct approach. With cranial sacral therapy, it's a little bit more of an indirect approach and it requires a little bit of our right brain. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I struggle with working my left brain with my right brain with um, cranial sacral work. And, and it's treating the body as a whole, um, not just the, the site of pain or in that body part, but really integrating everything. So my experience with the second class that I took through Upledger, the cranial sacral therapy too, I did a lot of mouth work going inside the mouth, working with the cranial bones inside the mouth. And I personally was suffering from um, a leg, um, some nerve pain in my leg for a couple of months now. And I was even doing therapy for myself, stretching, trying to be a good patient, and it just wasn't going away. So after day two of that, that course, I noticed on day three that it actually just went away. And so really... You kind of lit a light bulb in my head saying, wow, this work is so light and so non-invasive, but it's so powerful. It just affected, you know, my leg when I, they were working on my mouth. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's, I think that for me was, you know, I'm sold to mm-hmm. this work. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, you discovered an integrative approach. Correct, yeah. Really looking at that connection between all of the different parts of the body, the different systems of the body, and how one influences the other, and how they work in concert. That's right, that's right. And it was really um, fascinating for me, being a physical therapist, and and I really have to know what structures I'm feeling, and why is it, you know, why is that affecting... um, my leg when you're working up in my mouth and head and neck. And so, I mean, that goes back into anatomy, it goes back to looking at the anatomy and looking at the fascial system and even integrating through the, even just the muscular system, everything. It's really encompassing everything. So for me, I love that because I love learning about the body. And really, the, the more I'm learning about the human body, the less I feel I'm knowing, you know, so mm-hmm. it's really great. So we tend to think of maybe physical therapy as being very localized and it's focuses specifically on that particular area that has experienced trauma or that has been injured. That's correct, yeah. And so I think we we get to that way just because we are taught that way in school and plus insurances are like that. You know, they want to the diagnosis neck pain, we're looking at the neck. We're not really looking at the whole body as a whole and we're not looking at past stresses that may have played a factor in that um, time where the patient may be having some neck issues, maybe they had a past car accident that they actually thought resolved, um, the, well, the issues had resolved, but maybe something had come up that may have brought up and triggered something in their body mm-hmm. that had brought up the neck pain. So even if something occurred three years ago, let's say, there could be a very recent incident 
related to that. Correct. That triggers pain. Yeah, it could because um, what I found out through this work and just learned is that um, you know our bodies hold memory. You know, in each, you know, body parts, tissue holds memory and even goes down to the cellular level. So, yeah, that's uh, so that's just truly amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So, and um, and with this work, um, I found. <clears throat> Um, a lot of my patients, even though they are coming to a particular um, diagnosis, say, for example, shoulder pain, I think as long as I preface that I'm working um, with them as a whole, they, uh, a lot more people are accepting of it, you mm-hmm. know, saying that, oh, great. It's great because they actually intuitively kind of know that I have a lot of other stresses or things that may have happened other than this rotator cuff tear that happened, for mm-hmm. example. So when you take a look at this whole notion of the body having memory, and let's say the term muscle memory is fairly commonly known. Yes. How would you then describe, there are situations basically where we, we talked about something could have happened in the past and there's a memory around it and it doesn't necessarily trigger a visible issue until later on? How does that work? Well, shall I get into how what cranial sacral therapy is first, and then I'll get into that because it's it's the needs an explanation. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so, for those of you who do not know what cranial sacral therapy is, it's a light touch manual therapy um, that was developed by Dr. John Upledger, who was an osteopathic physician. So with this um, gentle touch, um, um, we're able to blend into the tissues and to feel for restrictions and tensions within the body that, um, that should not be there. Um, by doing that, we're actually we're listening to a certain um, rhythm in the body called the craniosacral rhythm and that is from fluid that surrounds the brain and spinal cord and encompasses it and it also it takes in nutrients and also takes waste out so there's a slight change in volume so that change in volume is kind of an ebb and flow rhythm that is what I'm feeling as a therapist that cranial sacral rhythm and so we're constantly as therapists monitoring that rhythm so when that rhythm is a little sluggish or is a little um, asymmetrical because sometimes I typically we look at both sides of the body with and we can feel this rhythm anywhere in the body it doesn't have to be at the cranium the head or it doesn't have to be at the low back mm-hmm. where the sacrum is so that's why it's just a very good whole body approach um, mm-hmm. and because we are listening to that craniosacral rhythm within the central nervous system, we really are um, affecting the central nervous system. So things um, with the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So um, when people have stresses or even um, tissue damage, um, that is what your central nervous system picks up because maybe you feel the pain, feel the mm-hmm. restrictions, you feel the immobility. 
and then that could spark up anxiety, right? And et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So essentially, some of the emotional responses can be generated when there's a communication between the mind and the body. Correct, yes. That there's something that's awry. Yes, that's right. So there could be definitely physical um, injury, but then how we were going to respond to that physical injury. So if you and I have, you know, we both um, sprain our ankles, for example, and um, we both can't really walk on it. It's very painful. We didn't break it. We just sprained it. But the way we both may feel about it, I could be, so anxious. Oh, I have this. Um, I have to go on vacation next week. How am I get on the plane? How am I doing this? And you know, versus you, you know that. Oh, I don't have to work. I'm actually quite relaxed. So that response in general that can activate maybe make the pain a little bit worse, or maybe it just um, create um, other issues for mm-hmm. myself. You know, maybe I'll start getting like stomach issue, you know, because I'm so anxious because, you know, I really want to go on vacation and I mm-hmm. want this ankle to feel better, you know, and... Right. So it shows what a sensitive instrument the body is also. Correct, yeah. That when there's a stress that's created by also by our own emotional reactions, that can be reflected in the response that our body gives. Yes, and that's where craniosacral therapy is great because it helps to calm our central nervous system. So... um so whether, you know, if I see a patient with that ankle pain, ankle strain, um, I can key into the cranial rhythm and say, you know, hmm, you know, um, it's not really moving so well and there is a little fluid buildup. It's not flowing well. But also um, you can kind of get a sense where the patient um, themselves are very anxious, you know, and just, and so for me as a therapist, this work has helped me to um, work better as a clinician, to be a little bit more intuitive and in tuned with my clients and my patients mm-hmm. and the sensitivities of what's going on with them as a whole and not just their body part. I can see how you're working on a very deep level, whereas there's a lot that physical therapy can accomplish and oftentimes that could really resolve an issue if you're really focusing on the local area where the issue is caused and then at the same time because of the connections that we have with the different systems of our, of our body the different parts craniosacral since you're addressing really the total body the total person the emotions the thoughts the physical yes. reactions you're able to stimulate more of that natural he- healing response that the body is capable of yes that's correct yeah, and so I don't want to say that physical, no one should go to physical therapy, but I'm just saying that as a physical therapist, I see that even with, you know, us clinicians to kind of address the whole person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so it sounds like it's a combined approach, looking at physical therapy, and if you have experienced yourself injuries, traumas, surgeries, and you've been in physical therapy, and you're noticing there are still issues that haven't been resolved, the cranial sacral approach can be a great supplement yes, that can correct. really help to address those issues. Yes, that's right. And it's wonderful also just to have an illustration of that. We have just about a minute left before we need to go to a commercial, but is there a little bit that you can say, we can maybe start a little bit of an illustration, then continue that when we come back? Yes, um, a good 
person in mind is um, a man who's in his 70s who came to me for back pain. He had spinal stenosis. He just had this inability to really walk for longer distance, whereas he was able to walk for blocks and blocks and blocks. So, um, so he's someone that, I, in terms of physical therapy treatment and management, I was able to teach him exercise to reduce his symptoms, and that was great. But he got very frustrated with himself when he'd come up and he'd walk another few blocks. And so I can explain, you know, after the break that how, how cranial sacral therapy had actually, how I can incorporate that with a physical therapy session. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we want to hear how the situation with the spinal stenosis was resolved. We're going to take two for a quick commercial. When we come back, Tracy will talk to us about how she worked with this particular individual to resolve his issue and also other ways that cranial sacral therapy can benefit you. Stay tuned. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you looking to get noticed in today's business world? Listen for Chat with Chickles, what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is the show that will help you survive and thrive in business today. It's what you can do differently that will help you stand apart from everybody else in the field. Lisa Chickles and her guests can show you just how to gain that unique edge. Chat with Chickles can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by physical therapist and cranial sacral practitioner Tracy Lynn. Tracy offered a definition of cranial sacral therapy and described how it's different from physical therapy. She also started to share a scenario of a patient who had spinal stenosis and how she addressed his particular situation with a combination of both physical and craniosacral therapy. We'd love to hear more about that, Tracy. Yes. So um, this is uh, a gentleman who's in his 70s, and so he came in with difficulty walking because of his pain. He had um, left leg pain. And... Um, and the um, conventional exercises for physical therapy for the spinal prognosis was actually helping him um, walk a little bit better. But it always came back, you know, so walking up a hill and um, just longer distance, he wasn't satisfied. So um, he, was, he was kind of a high-strung gentleman. And so I decided, because I, he knew the exercise already, Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, just go ahead and lay down the table and let's just see what's going on in your body. And um, one question I wanted to ask Tracy before we get into the cranial sacral part, just to understand more the benefits of the physical therapy and then what was left over. So what would you what did you do with him in terms of physical therapy and what was the impact of that? So with physical therapy, in terms of his symptoms, um, I taught him a lot of um, bending exercises, um, flexion of the lumbar spine, so bending forward because that helps to relieve a little bit of the um, compression that's caused from the pain, from the stenosis. Just and um, So he was able to get relief. So he was able to self-manage. So for me, I always try to teach the patient exercises so they can empower themselves, so that they can self-manage because I'm not going to, they're not going to get physical therapy all their life. So mm-hmm. I always want to teach them and give them a little something to take with them so that they can come back to me and say, this worked or this did not work. Mm-hmm. So these flexion exercises were helping him. Mm-hmm. But because he was a little overweight and things like that, of course, I have to give him modifications to certain exercises to help him really open up his low back area. Mm-hmm. So essentially the exercises were helping to manage the pain or diminish the pain? Correct, yes. And allow him to walk a little bit better or to not wake up um, um, in the morning with a lot of pain. So his key goal was to be able to walk like he used to be able to walk in terms of with less pain. Um, and he was getting very discouraged about the fact that he can only walk maybe three, four blocks and then the pain will come or, you know, it would come and go in certain days. So it wasn't consistent. So that was the frustration for him. So um, for me, because I knew and I had to make sure that why are you doing those exercises? If he said, yes, I was, okay. So I'll, I'll say, okay, go ahead and lay down the table and just see. For me, I want to check out his um, cranial sacral rhythm, check out his tissues, see where his body draws me. So, mm-hmm. um, so, I, so, so what I found for, for this gentleman was um, just... Um, I was drawn to his pelvis, his low back, and I was able to teach him to kind of really feel the sensation in his body when he's laying on the table. First, so um, how does it feel between where my hands are? Is your tissues tight? Um, 
Is it warm? Is it, um, and what kind of, um, how can you describe what you're feeling? So it took a while and it takes a, a person a while to really sink in because they want to talk about everything else that's going on. And this is the part of craniosacral therapy um, that um, Dr. Upledger really um, kind of found out was that the body has its own innate ability to know how to heal or know what it needs to feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. to bring that that unconscious to the conscious mind. So for this gentleman, um, I actually kind of guided him because it is difficult to know that. But we have, but his body came to know like, oh, this feels good when I do this. It's okay. So, you know, and, um, or it feels good when I, I do this. So kind of getting him to feel, um, okay, so what is it that you need at this present moment? And what he can, what he was saying to me is that he, he needs certain things but he's always judging himself. So the dialogue that I had with him overall, this is the course of a few sessions, was that um, there's a lot of self-judgment. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, I should have done this when I was younger. I should have done this. So there's a lot of past events that he felt. And when someone is feeling certain emotion, um, I always ask them to bring it back in their body and where do you hold this emotion? Mm-hmm. So he was holding it in his low back. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, so whenever I, so with this gentleman, my advice, um, so I think he came at the point where, you know what, I'm always beating myself over the head, you know, like, so if I get pain, I'm always saying, why can't you mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this to me? Like, it's always like he's, he's doing a self-talk, mm-hmm. but he's doing it in a judgmental manner. So, so we had to work together in creating um, a certain kindness for himself and his mm-hmm. body and respect to his body and say, you know, he, it's trying its best. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the reason that a certain emotion or response, like in this case, judgment, is stored in a particular area, in the back, in this case, as opposed to the stomach or the lungs or someplace else in the body? Um, it, it's all very individual, really, yeah. And there's mm-hmm. no reason for me um, to know that. I think everyone stores every no different emotions in different areas. And it could mm-hmm. be at that moment, like maybe tomorrow, if I saw this gentleman, he could store it somewhere else. So the body presents itself differently every time. Mm-hmm. So And he may have a different experience and a different thought um, every time I see, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the point that you're making about the the natural capabilities that our bodies have, the capabilities that we have as humans to really be able to tune into our own solutions, to tune into our own needs, and to be able to express those needs. Yeah, I think it's very difficult, especially for the patients I see in New York City. Here, we are so hard on ourselves. I mean, we are so busy. We have to be able to be fixed, otherwise we can't do X, Y, and Z. Uh, we are we are so um, we just expect a lot from ourselves. And I think mm-hmm. um, what I've noticed, even with my patients who have a lot of chronic pain, 
They could be, you know, elderly. They could be middle-aged. It could Even with the younger generation, they do have this pressure upon themselves. And I think um, it's just bringing that awareness and attention and say, you know what, mm-hmm. it's okay, you know. Um, you know, your body's doing the best it can and let's recognize that. And also you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. So we can be our own taskmasters in the sense that we have the capability also to hurt ourselves yeah. through our mental reactions, our emotional reactions to events that occur in our lives. Yes, that's right. Our thoughts and um, expectations that we have on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had another um, <clears throat> lady um, in her mid-40s and she also suffered from back pain. For no apparent reason. She didn't even hurt herself, nothing. She went to a slew of tests, doctors, they couldn't find anything. So she was thinking, am I crazy? You know, but yes, yeah, she's feeling this pain. And so I came about her because um, I typically kind of get people that my, my colleagues can't figure out. Um, and so what it was is that, you know, she really wanted um, some sort of affirmation. Am I really crazy? I have back pain. You know, she wanted some. So I actually, so I, I felt her rhythm and she was, I just, um, there was just a little sluggishness, you know. And, but what I really felt was her energy level and her anxiety um, was just, it was high, but her depletion was very, her just her energy was low. And, it came to be that she had a lot of personal stress, work-related stress, and a lot of self-judgment, a lot of like, you know, and also like, I should be married by now, I should be having kids, or my friends, you know, so all that tied in with, um, and she held that in her low back. Mm-hmm. So. so two very similar examples. So if you're listening and you have unexplained <laughs> low back pain, Right, we have to take a look at also our relationship with ourselves and how hard we're being on ourselves or how soft we're being on ourselves. Yeah, and I think I think for the listeners, I in you know I just want to make, let you guys know, like if you're feeling any sort of underlying pain, it's really kind of sink into your body and ask yourself what's to recognize. Yes, I have the pain, and to, it's almost an acceptance. But also, you're doing the best you can to resolve it, so and not to kind, not to, and to really, really know yourself. You know, I think um, a lot of times um, I hear patients come to me and say, "Well, my doctor says that I have this, or I should take this medication, or I should do this," and they ask me, "What do I think?" And I said, "Well, what do you think? What does your body feel is the right answer for you?" You know, so, and well, I don't think I have this. Oh, I don't think I need to take this because this pill makes me X, Y, and Z. I said, well, why don't you tell that to your doctor? Because I did, you know. So I think it's a lot of, well, all I can do is to tell them to trust their inner wisdom, you know, trust their body's wisdom, and then to let their doctor know that that's what you're going to do. Um, Because we all need to work together. You know, I don't ever kind of say don't take that, you know, because mm-hmm. if the doctor, but I always want them to have that communication with that professional to kind of make sure that um, they know what's going on with them. Mm. And you can, of course, test it out. Like in these examples that you offered of two patients you worked with who had 
lower back pain, and you saw that there was a connection with the pain and self-judgment, how did you respond to that situation? How did you work with the patient at that point, and what were the results? I actually, I really just held the uh, the the bodies like from the front. I kind of placed my hand, my top hand on the belly, and one under the back, and really just um, tuning the tissues, but um, and dialoguing with them in terms of how they feel in their bodies. And what is going, um, and kind of like what's what's kind of going on? What what first thought do they have? Um, with with the dialoguing and imagery is it's a, it's actually quite essential for the body to um, to have to allow the body to speak, so to speak. Um, to bring that consci- the unconscious awareness to the conscious mind. So with the dialogue, and I'm guiding them in regards to, okay, so you're feeling tightness in your low back. What does that look like? You know, if there's any imagery coming up, what, is, what color does it look like? Um, what shape? Um, they, they may not know, but I'm just kind of guiding them. And it may sound silly, and they had a hard time, like, you're talking to my back. And sometimes I may <laughs> talk to a body part. I may say, hey, you know, low back, you hear what so-and-so is saying to you? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to exercise more, or you need to do this. And, and at times there is a way to dialogue with the body part or an organ or whatever part and, um, and to kind of have that conversation and um, my gentleman who has spinal stenosis, he actually was, he would always laugh about, he'll come in and say, you know what, I talked to my back today and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I talked to it and it was not, you know, cooperating and I'm very mad at it. And, you know, his roommate would say, who are you talking to? <laughs> but, um, but then I had to bring him back and say, what were you saying? And then it's all a lot of like, kind of um, pointing the finger at him. I said, well, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's approach this a different way. So he was able to understand about communicating with his body, but he was doing it in a very judgmental way where it probably didn't make his back feel good. Mm-hmm. And what were the results of that? When you have more of that awareness and that connection, the person gets to experience. It gives them a sense of empowerment for themselves. So... Um, they're not free of back pain. Actually, the lady, um, she did. She was actually pain-free. But my gentleman, because he has a long-standing issue of spinal stenosis, but he actually is still having the back pain, but he is able to walk longer distance. There's a period of times we can walk 10 blocks, no pain. But there will be also there'll be days where he won't have so much. But the, the key element here is to allow the patient to know, to recognize whether he's getting anxious whether he knows, okay, all right, now I need to do this and to really feel what my body needs at that time. Do I need mm-hmm. to rest? Do I need to, don't, don't do another chore? Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. Just really listen what you need. Mm. That sounds like an extraordinary benefit in that when we have chronic pain or we have unexplained pain, there can be a sense that you have so little impact. Yes. There's yeah. so little potential. There's a lack of control. And it seems like the benefit here is that 
there's actually so much more impact that we could have that we realize and we can name what we're experiencing. And it's a very clear illustration also of how our emotions interact with our physicality. Yes, that's right. We're going to go to a brief commercial. When we return, Tracy will talk more about what you can expect from a cranial sacral session. We'll be back in two. a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for the business elevation show with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance the business elevation show can be heard live on fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time usually 4 p.m uk on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. 
got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, speaking with physical therapist and craniosacral therapy practitioner, Tracy Lynn. Tracy talked about the benefits of craniosacral therapy, one of the important ones being that it teaches us to better self-manage our own health. Tracy, it'd be wonderful if you could share some additional illustrations that will help those who are listening in to better be able to identify maybe some of the issues that they're experiencing in your stories and how those issues can be treated. Yes. Um, so when during, during a craniosacral therapy session, you're, you're typically, I didn't mention this before, but you know, you're fully clothed, um, loose clothing is preferable, and you just you can lay on the table um, comfortable. Um, even if you cannot lay on your back, you can lay on your side. You can even get treated sitting up. So um, what typically... Um, what typically you could feel, everyone is individual to what they feel, but because it's so gentle, gentle and hands-on, um, you may not feel anything first. Um, but until you know you get used to just feeling a little sensation come deep into your body, um, you may feel um, warmth um, between my hands or um, heat. You know, some people feel the tissues that that my hands are surrounded in maybe softens. People feel a buzzing, and um, um, and because cranial sacral therapy is, even though it's physical in nature, because I have my hands on the body and the tissues, it's actually have a, it has an um, energetic nature to it. So, um, because we're working with the body's energy system. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my patients, when they, when they feel um, it helping them, they just feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one woman who came in for neck pain. And um, I was just at, just, um, just below her collarbones, in the thoracic region, and just kind of um, just opening up that area there and and then I kind of held her head and you know her head started to move a little bit right and she goes hey what's going on there you know <laughs> what are you doing I said I'm not doing anything I'm just following your tissues you know and mm-hmm. her head was moving so what it, that does what we call that is, is unwinding so I'm just I'm just facilitate well I'm the facilitator I'm just holding the head and I'm just kind of being there guiding and allowing it to move um, if I were to take my hands off it may stop so it's kind of knowing where um, as a practitioner kind of knowing okay when do I know when to stop is when I don't feel you know maybe the movement stopped mm-hmm. or for me I may feel like a therapeutic pulse we call it a pulse tissues mm-hmm. start to um, pulse a little bit and then it stops so mm-hmm. it's almost like a conversation so you have this dynamic interaction with the body as a practitioner and this light 
yes, approach light touch, yeah. the light touch and essentially the body is talking to you and when it stops talking to you, yeah. it's kind of not interested then yes. in interacting or it doesn't need to anymore. Yes. And um, one of the wonderful things about um, craniosacral therapy is that because I'm monitoring, I'm constantly monitoring this um, craniosacral rhythm, there's what we call um, the, a significance detector where um, the rhythm may just abruptly stop. So that tells me that something, that the body is trying to do something important that needs to be brought up from maybe the conscious to the unconscious to the conscious. So at that moment in time, the patient's not talking, I may ask them, what were you thinking? So their thoughts may affect their rhythm. So if they're chatting away at me and they're talking about, say, their mom or something like that, I said, oh, and the rhythm stops. I said, oh, well, tell me more about your mom, you know, things like that. So I'm guiding them into what is significant for their bodies. So, and then once the cranial rhythm comes back on, then I know, okay, well, we got off subject. Or oh, it's, not, it's not important anymore. So, right, so there's a very clear reaction. Correct, yeah. And it brings to mind in general in therapy, essentially you're, you're communicating the message, I'm here with you wherever you are. I'm present with you, whatever it is that you're experiencing in the moment. That's right. That's Your right. support. There's a calming. There's a very calming aspect to that. Even if you're in conversation with a person, let's say, and you feel that that person is just with you in a non-judgmental way, it really is releasing. It's forward moving. Yes, that's right. And that's we actually call that being very neutral with the patient or the client, because we don't care what you say to us. Like you don't care if you think you know, um, this looks like a rock or this feels like a rock or, you know, whatever happens in the past or whatever you're saying, you could talk about past life, you could say something really absurd, but that's um, being present with them and that's the experience and it's in a non-judgmental way and so that's a way for the body to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And you talked about a scenario where let's say you might experience a pause in the rhythm, the cranial sacral rhythm, and you ask the patient, what was it that you were thinking at that moment? Is mm-hmm. there an illustration that you could offer around that? Yes. Um, many. Um, I actually, so there's a woman that I am at treating presently. She's a young lady in her 40s. She got, um, she's walking through a door and like a, 10-pound metal, something from the door fell on her head and her neck. And she, um, so she had a concussion and she's been experiencing a lot of neck pain. And this happened about a year or two ago. So it's chronic. So she's been through a slew of treatments and even had um, physical therapy, pain management, the ringer. So she's heard about cranial psychotherapy. So she actually is very in tune with the body. She's been doing a lot of meditation. She's seen a, a psychotherapist, a somato, somatic experiencing a therapist. So she, when I ask her these these questions, she's actually very in tune with the imaging. And she is great with just knowing, um, this, sensing her um, body. I'll give you an example. For example, I was 
at her um, upper thoracic region, which is the upper chest, just below her collarbones. And um, she was experiencing um, a tightness, as if almost she was choking. Right? So I asked, what does this choking, what, do you, what does that bring up for you? And um, she couldn't really say. So, so then, you know, you let it go. Um, well, you just, oh, I don't let it go, but I said, okay, so what is, so is there a place where I can put my hands so it would help you with this? Was my hands okay with it where it is right now? And she will kind of guide me maybe a little bit further up in the neck. And so that's where her body wants my hands to kind of feel, she wants to feel the little um, um, security there. So what came out of that session, and it almost felt like I was choking. Like if you looked at my hands, it looked like I was choking her neck. Um, yet she, that's where she wanted me. So I said, okay, it's very light touch. So she was, um, I said, okay, what, so how does this feel? She goes, it feels great. It almost feels like she needed that support for her head because her head felt like it was disconnected. So what she was feeling is the disconnect between her head and her body. And she was experiencing dizziness mm-hmm. anyway. And so she just felt like her whole body was disconnected. So within that treatment session, she was just feeling more connected in between her head and her neck. Mm-hmm. So her body guided me there. And mm-hmm. she did a little her tissues unwound and she felt some heat, you know, softening. So um, all these things are very good. It means mm-hmm. things are releasing and kind mm-hmm. of doing what it's supposed to do for her. Right. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. In a sense, you, we can't possibly be able to explain all of the things that we need. Yeah. And at the same time, you can have an indication really of where you, where in your body you feel like you could use some support. Yes. And if you're able to express that, and as a cranial th- sacral therapist, you're able to offer support in that way, then there's a response where you can see that there's some kind of strengthening, something is functioning and working better. Yes, yeah. And it helped with this particular um, woman. She actually felt such relief, the fact that I could feel the disconnect in my hands. And she's like, you can feel that? I said, yeah, the, you know, there was a disconnect between her head and shoulders actually and in her torso. And it was just, it was very calming for her to know that she wasn't crazy because she would explain these to these doctors mm-hmm. and they're like, you know. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of balancing out and really allowing the patient to feel like, you know, you're, you're not crazy, you know, and mm-hmm. this is... I'm here for you. Um, let's f- let's see what what your body needs to do mm-hmm. you know, to right. free itself. Right. So there are these opportunities that we have when we're experiencing things that are relatively hard to understand. Yeah. Let's say they may be hard to explain to someone. They may be hard to make sense of. Yeah. It's an opportunity, really, through this therapy, to be able to restore the connectivity in That's the right. various areas of the body. Yes, and I have one other lady who I had treated. This is a couple of years ago, but um, she was an elderly lady, probably in her 80s. She had um, a tumor removed from her jaw, on her left side of her jaw, and she had radiation treatment and facial reconstruction. 
because it was such a large tumor on the left side of her jaw. So she came in for headaches and just kind of just neck stiffness. Um, but she was functional. So um, I did some very light work and, and, and lots, a lot of cranial work. And um, it was probably after a few sessions, she would always feel very relaxed afterwards. But one particular session, she sat up and she told me that she just realized that her husband used to hit her on the side of her face where the tumor was. Mm. And so she was able to kind of give herself that kind of resolve that this is probably why my body didn't like that side and it got rid of it. You know, and so she, she, she realized that herself and it was a process for her, but she actually felt liberated. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think I saw her after that because she, I don't think she came in after that. So she felt liberated essentially because this tumor had been removed. The tumor had been removed, even though she's having she had reconstruction and she had um, jaw stiffness, and you know she just had headaches. But I think the realization that it had a connection, and her mm-hmm. body may have blocked it out, mm-hmm. and it was almost that. The tumor was that bad seed, and it just mm-hmm. and it just kind of got taken away. And I don't know whether her headaches, which is still, you know, feeling the headaches, but mm-hmm. um, that was amazing for me to hear her and just she just the brightness in her face to realize that it was almost that she needed that. Mm-hmm. So, right, that sometimes you actually experience a healing process, like in this case for her, based on what you're describing, this response of of creating a tumor in that area and actually having that tumor removed through your work with her she was able to make that connection that this bad experience that she had in her life and the pain that it caused her yeah. was something that she had released she yeah. made that connection and it was very liberating and it was very uplifting yeah yeah so an, another quickly just another diagnosis that i have you know um, treated recently was a lady with multiple sclerosis who had a lot of leg spasms and difficulty walking. And even though we did balance, for me as a physical therapist, I couldn't really work on balance because the spasms were too bad um, and it threw her off and she just wasn't feeling safe. So just through the cranial work and just even keen on to her tissues, she was actually able to feel more relaxed. I could feel her system just calm and when she got off the table she, she didn't she felt less spasms and she felt more sturdy on her feet so that's something for me as a physical therapist just amazing because I would be doing all these balance work with her strengthening and you know watching her fatigue and energy level but with the cranial work it actually rejuvenated her energy level and really helped with the balance and it was just with this just gentle work mm. therapy such vivid illustrations of the connection between the mind and body and how it plays out in in this therapy. These examples are really fascinating because we hear so much about the mind-body connection and to really see it come to life through the illustrations that you offer were so helpful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this amazing glimpse into what's possible, Tracy. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about cranial sacral therapy, hopefully you got a very enticing taste today. And also other manual therapy techniques, please visit 
upledger.com. That's U-P-L-E-D-G-E-R.com. And also, if you'd like to learn more about Tracy's work and contact her, please visit her site at IAHP.com slash Tracy dash Lynn. That's L-I-N. If you have unanswered questions related to today's episode, please email them to me at hosthemda at gmail.com. We'll post responses that you can access by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi with Turn the Page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.